Hello and welcome back everybody to the Cancel for Maintenance podcast. If this is your first time joining us, we talk about the non-glamorous life of aircraft maintenance. Our goal here is to give you some wisdom, give you some insights to aircraft maintenance, share some laughs, and all in all is to give you that moment's relief in your day to prevent mishaps. I am your co-host Six. I'm MVP. And our third man Shoreline is silently in the back, making sure our audio is good to go and that our faces stay fit for radio. <laughs> we are joined by two returning guests, uh, Jill, the aviation dietitian, and Cora, the aviation therapist. Uh, Cora is a licensed mental health specialist who specializes in aviation mental health with prior experience working with veterans and law enforcement personnel. Jill is a licensed dietitian and nutritionist who specializes in nutritional health for aviation specialists with that vary uh, from the various occupations from air crew to AMT personnel. If you haven't heard of our guest before, uh, we highly encourage you to go listen to our previous episode, episode 123, uh, titled Mood and Food. Ladies, welcome back. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Back in black. I hope you were. <laughs> uh, we are also joined by a third guest this time. Uh, she is an aspiring pilot with a rich hi his or family history in aviation specialist and is likewise a licensed dietitian specializing in aviation and aviation personnel. Her goal is to integrate her passions for flying with her nutritional education to help fellow aviation enthusiasts meet their health and nutritional needs. Please welcome Alexis from Fly High Nutrition. Welcome, Alexis. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Ladies, uh, once again, it is definitely an honor to have you on. Uh, Alexis, thank you for coming on for the first time and sh sharing all your knowledge with us. Uh, today is a continuation from our last episode, the one I previously mentioned concerning mental health, nutrition, and the link between the two. So uh, I want to kind of start off from where we kind of left off with that conversation and kind of bring some new ones to the table. Um, this is kind of kind of tailoring off of uh, your one of your posts, uh, Cora, where someone asked like, hey, what are some ways to stay active, healthy, both physically and mentally, especially when you're working a job that pretty much confines you to a desk? <laughs> Good question. I'm happy you picked that one because that was one that stood out to me as well. So um, I can start or if Jill yeah. wants to start, I guess I'll start. I'm just going to continue this train here. Yeah. So I definitely put some thought into that. Um, and I, we were actually just talking about this in class just uh, two days ago of how to, you know, prevent burnout. And so, you know, a lot of people kind of, underestimate how much like tactile senses can really make us feel better so especially if you're you know maybe stuck at a job where you don't get to move a lot bringing as much to like your desk area or even what you can fit in your pocket um can definitely help so i know it's so 2015 but those like fidget cubes that were like really popular you know with like the things you could flip back and forth and click um, you know, kind of sad that those have faded because they were, you know, really great for a lot of people. I'd like to bring it back, throw it back to 2015. Um, also, and this is kind of where I'd like to hear like what Jill says, baking in some things to look forward to. I know for me personally, it's like food, especially if I have 
you know, a day where I am back to back to back with things and I don't have a lot of time to, you know, go outside or step away from my desk. I'll try to bring some snacks that I can like look forward to or a lunch that I can look forward to throughout my day. And then, you know, now the sun's out. I've been on a huge boba tea kick. Um, so trying to like, okay, well, I'll get boba tea on the way home, you know, from school or from work to try to bake in things that you can look forward to that aren't necessarily, you know, these grand like, oh, vacations or, you know, steak dinners. It can be as small as like buying a bag of Jolly Ranchers and, you know, putting it in your car. I hope they don't melt. Okay, maybe don't put it in your car. (laughs) (laughs) You know, something that you can look forward to. So that's kind of where I kind of go. And it usually does lead to food. Um, So I'm sure there are, you know, better ways to do that within that genre of food. So I am curious to hear like what Jill has to say. Yeah. So trying to stay active when you're at a desk. So one thing, um, so thinking also about um, setting alarms. So maybe you set an alarm for every 45 minutes, you go out and take a walk. Or um, if you're able to listen to any music, you know, because there's a big, and Corey, you could probably even, more of this is like having one earbud in and one earbud out and listening to some music helps with the dopamine and serotonin effect. So it keeps you motivated. I sit up here in a desk all day. So that's usually what I'll do is, you know, have some music on or maybe post some pictures of my favorite people in front of me so that I can sit and look at them. Nutritionally, um, of course, like keeping your protein needs up. So like, how do you know if your protein needs are up or not? So take your body weight, whatever your body weight is, that's how many grams of protein that you want to have per day. But then you want to like divide that by three. So figure if you're 150 pounds, divide by three, easy math is what probably about 30 or so, um, 30 to 50 grams at at a sitting. So taking in protein is going to keep you a little bit more motivated. And then one thing that I always say is hydration. If you're slumping over at your desk and you're not as motivated, there's a good chance that you could be dehydrated. So like, for instance, me sitting at my desk right now on this podcast, I have two different um, glasses of drinks. So I, I bought like a wild cherry seltzer today. I, I'll put a straw in it just so that it keeps me motivated. I can have a couple sips every now and then. It really it just helps with like that sedentary lifestyle because you're looking forward exactly like Cora said, it's like always have something to look forward to. And then Alexis, do you want to add anything also? Yeah, most certainly. So for me and like, I obviously have a desktop too, but it's at home. Um, I look forward to going to my classes. I like, cause I go to a gym, it's called true fusion. Uh, it's located throughout the United States, but there's like TRX, boxing, uh, bar, Pilates, yoga. Um, I can't even think of any other thing. Uh, boot camp. I look forward to those classes. And so if you like Cora said, if you have something to look forward to that could like can stimulate you um, to going achieve those classes or perform them as well. And then also taking those times to take time for you mentally, just go and meditate for a little bit. I'm a big meditator. I get up in the morning and I meditate first thing. I also journal. So when it comes to like 
knowing exactly what I want, I have to journal it and write everything down. And that's what I look forward to. So it's definitely like the stimulation, just keep going, keep going, keep going kind of scenario. And, but change it up every single day, if that makes sense. Like for me, I change up my classes that I go to every single day. Um, so one day I'm doing TRX, one day I'm doing bar, one day I'm doing Pilates, one day I'm doing yoga, et cetera, et cetera. So it's one of those things that you just have to like, keep stimulating yourself. And then when it comes to calming yourself, just meditate and journal at the same time. I also read a lot. I love reading. So finding a new book and challenging yourself to continue learning at the same time. Um, You're always, as a pilot, you're always going to be learning. And as a dietitian, you're always going to be learning. Um, It's just part of life. And the moment you stop learning, I think it was Einstein that said that the moment you stop learning is the moment you start dying. So I don't want to die yet. <laughs> I want to keep going. <laughs> and yeah, so that's, that's a, yeah, that's word for word what you've been saying, MVP. Like uh, was well, the brain dead thing, right? I think you mentioned it was a soccer coach that meant that said the exact same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was from Zambia, but he's like the minute you stop learning, it, it says you're dead. Now, why your body's not dead? He goes, you're brain dead. Yes, exactly. In, in, in his own way. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you yeah, refuse so, to learn anything new, you've, uh, you're stagnant. Exactly. And so I try to make it a goal in the morning to read 10 to 20 pages in a book. That's it. And then I let it go and go do my other things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just learned something new. This is awesome. And I get my day rolling. <laughs> you know, that's a good so, goal, the 10 pages a day thing. Like, uh, yeah, I, I think those, there are many, like, uh, there's some reading apps that kind of challenge you to do that. Like uh, Goodreads for sure does that. I think Katie, uh-huh. I think KDP Select, if anyone has KDP for our uh, Amazon, I think they actually give you prizes if you read 10 pages a day or something like that. Not prizes, prizes, but like little digital badges or something like that. Oh, um, that's awesome. Some, I didn't some, know that. Or like if you read so many books in a period, you get like this cool book, digital bookmark or something like that. It's pretty cool. Like that's, it's one of those visual motivators as you all have been mentioning, right? Like, uh, I know me personally, like, uh, I, if I can't make a game out of it, I just don't do it. <laughs> and, uh, go speaking of with, uh, having a desk job i've noticed at least myself if i'm sitting at a desk too long i tend to like drink a an insane amount of caffeine <laughs> <laughs> coffee whichever the case may be i mean in our, in our younger more sprightly days it was like pretty much anything that can like make your jaw jitter almost like uh red bull drinks energy drinks like bangs energy oh, syrup gosh. energy <laughs> syrup you know i don't know if any of you've ever tried redline before no. That stuff was craziness. Um, oh no! It, it was like that. Used to drink a what throttle six? I think it was called throttle. Oh yeah, full throttle. Yeah, and, I used to drink a lot of that. Right, <laughs> that was. But you know, the I, I would admit, like the full throttle. I don't think they sell them anymore. I, don't, I haven't seen them anywhere. But uh, I think what did it for me is it wasn't like an energy drink. It was more like a soda. So it it went down like a soda. I think that's why I was able to drink it so much. Um, but other energy drinks like like the red line especially like you can just hear your body crying as it goes down your system oh. uh, like uh like the because like the red line stuff i don't know if they still make them but it was almost like it wasn't like a drink it was more like a syrup and oh, oh my gosh and mm-hmm. and the uh, and the bottle says specifically on the label it says uh if this is your first time do not drink more than half and oh of course, my stupid ass, when, <laughs> when, uh, 
you know, like working the night shift, doing 18 hour days. I didn't read said label. You know, I just said, whatever, it's energy drink. You know, let's do this. Uh, it kind of fashioned itself like a, like a king sized five hour energy drink. That's kind of like how it looked. It's like, all right, whatever. I drank five hour energies before back to back. Let's mm-hmm. do this. And I drank more than half. And that was a mistake. Oh, <laughs> no. A huge yeah. mistake. Like, if, I don't know if anyone's ever overdosed on caffeine, if that's even a thing, but <laughs> I've figured out there is a way to overdose on caffeine. And by, I don't know if anyone's ever seen the movie Over the Hedge. Um, oh my god I love that movie it's so, so funny like, the, if, if you have or you haven't just, there's this I one know what scene you're gonna say there's a scene where they give soda to this squirrel and this squirrel's already hyperactive has like ADD and ADHD and all kinds of uh, overly stimulated uh, disorders and they decide to give this guy a soda or I guess he took it I can't remember the part but this uh, squirrel drinks the soda and he's moving so fast that everything is slow motion <laughs> And that was literally me. <laughs> like I was moving so fast. Uh, I was no, I was still tired, but everything just felt slower. And I, I immediately started getting the headaches, the dehydration, all the, all the, all the things you could possibly think of when you just have too much of something. And I wasn't able to sleep for almost 18 hours after the fact. So oh my gosh. That, that was fun. <laughs> Um, so with that, with that, uh, for uh, all y'all's professional uh, opinions and your professional knowledge, uh, what are some positive and negative effects of caffeine? Yeah, let me add one thing really quick too. Speaking of things that won't make you die, but will still make your day go better. Um, also, because you were mentioning reading, I am honestly not that much of a reader. So I would also recommend for folks, you know, like funny YouTube videos. I remember I got out of like a meeting that was really stressful. And I don't know if any of you guys have seen like the barely air clips. Um, You haven't look it up. It's really funny, especially those folks in aviation, Um, you know, and the more like senses you can kind of bring forward. So if you're going to read, you know, reading a book where you have like the pages um, that you can touch and feel like you were saying, like the rewards, but also, you know, like, throw on some funny videos with the audio um, and, you know, hold your phone and all that stuff. So yeah, I just wanted to add like a funny video can really break up the monotony of a day. I agree. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that Cora and I sit and do is like, we look at memes together all the time and share. <laughs> we got share. memes. <laughs> we got memes. <laughs> we also got, we also got comics for all those readers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Woo. I love <laughs> it. Touching I love all it. All the bases. All we need is like, like uh, funny TikTok right? videos, but. Uh, we're kinda... Ghostwriting memes, ghostwriting memes from all the clips that we get. Right. So I if anybody it. wants to ghostwrite TikTok videos for us, we're all for it, you know, <laughs> kind of give that full spectrum stimulation minus the touching of it all, you know, but you can touch your phone, I guess. So that kind yeah. of stimulates. So, so are you guys, you guys, you guys are on TikTok? Uh, we have a TikTok, but that's more like a placeholder. It's kind of like until we uh-huh. figure out how to work it kind of thing. Uh-huh. We've, we've, we've put videos up, but that's really uh-huh. the extreme end of our creativity. Like, Ah. once in a while like that's the the 0.09 percent that kind of gets away from us <laughs> no. but, Jill, uh, do you have a tiktok i have one but it's not very active i think i have like three videos of my dogs but yeah that would be a really fun yeah that's where we can put all of our ghost writing tiktok as a group <laughs> hey there we go there you go there we go so look at that create creativity at its max <laughs> 
But <laughs> so again, with the caffeine thing, though, um, since I've, I've kind of given my bad example, but in your guys' sense, like what's some of the positives and negatives of caffeine? Yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and take the start. So before this, I was a sports dietitian. So I was thinking about this today, caffeine, the positive effects. So it's an ergonomic aid. So thinking about this, um, what I do at my own house is I have two cups of coffee a day, but I learned very quickly that actually less is more. So the first cup of coffee is a full dose, high caffeine. The second one is a decaf. My, my mouth doesn't know the difference, but my brain completely knows. So if I am having a really busy day, Mondays are crazy for me. I will take a Monday and I will actually do two full doses of caffeine because if you limit the amount of caffeine that you have, you actually see a better effect on it. Now, for the folks in the industry, what I hear and see on a daily basis is that they're living off of caffeine. And I don't know if you all know this or not, but at about 48 ounces, which is about six cups, your body actually does the opposite with caffeine and puts you to sleep. So that's one thing for anyone out there that is like a highly active overdoser on caffeine and you're snoozing. That's probably wise because you're overdosing on it. You, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm, smi- I'm smiling because I'm guilty. Because <laughs> 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 that, that's literally me. Like I remember... Well, especially on those extremely long nights, like the night I t- took the red line. But um, uh, we would constantly just take it, even if, even though like we don't really need it. We just do it out of like muscle memory, I guess, of doing it. Or and we kind of just take it as ca- as our way to just sustain more than actually supplement. Um, and we would add exactly that what you said, like, wow, that's really true. <laughs> you really hit the nail on that one because I would actually fall asleep. Um, yep. Uh, especially like mid shift, like, man, I, I, MVP and I used to, man, like, man, I am struggling. Well, I guess I need a stronger hit, you know, like we'll just do mm-hmm. uh, a quadruple shot in a six ounce cup, you know, or something like that. <laughs> terrible, terrible. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had no idea that the body did the exact opposite with it if you had too much caffeine. That's very yeah. interesting. I learned something new today on that. Right. No, all sorts of new. Uh, Cora, you, you were saying something? Yeah, it's funny. So on, uh, not maybe not necessarily caffeine, but on stimulants in general, um, I've had some clients. So I worked uh, doing forensics in addition to pilots um, and aviation mental health is some people that have like ADHD, like really bad, um, take meth. And instead of, you know, like, like you were describing the squirrel, like doing everything in fast motion, mm-hmm. they fall asleep. Yeah, like meth for folks that have like really bad ADHD, um, meth puts them to sleep and same with that's one thing, um, that some of the medications can do is if you take too much as someone with ADD or ADHD, it can also put you to sleep. And so, you know, in college back in the day, um, you could kind of tell like who had the ADHD and who didn't. I mean, I'm going to throw myself out for a little bit. Like a lot of people did a lot of drugs in college, but that's how you could kind of tell is like the people that could, you know, fall asleep every night. 
that had actual ADHD prescribed to doctors um, versus people that would just take it that are a little bit more neurotypical who would stay up all night. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. Again, not caffeine, but you know, kind of the same thing um, depending on, you know, your brain chemistry and the dosage. You know, I was about to ask, like, are we talking illicit meth or the legal meth? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Both. So I've, I've had clients more so take the illicit meth, but in college I saw people take the, methamphetamines in the uh the orange bottles with the white lids so <laughs> oh okay <laughs> but that 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 does uh strike a lot like uh i never would have guessed like being neurodivergent would actually have an opposite effect with stimulants learning, yeah definitely learning yeah. something new that way because uh yeah, yeah wow <laughs> how about you alexis like well, what's some of the pros and cons of caffeine <laughs> Well, <laughs> well. Oh, oh, we're in for it now. Well, no. Uh, well, if you're having gut issues or like you're having trouble having bowel movements, of course, like it will stimulate your gut motility and help you out in that scenario. Um, but I agree that less is best in regards to caffeine. So if you're going to over like do it and everything, your, your heart palpitations are going to go up extremely high and it'll hurt you to a certain extent. It depends on the person. Of course, your adrenals will fatigue out and thus it's going to cause you to fall asleep. So it's always going to be less is best when it comes to caffeine. You know, so that's, that's what happened to me over in the middle East years ago. I never drank coffee until I was 24 and I was on my, third deployment of of the night crew mm-hmm. um and so i started drinking coffee so okay well you know it's probably better than drinking all the energy drinks that everybody else is so i'll drink coffee but i would drink a pot to myself at night but mm-hmm. i wouldn't just drink you know black coffee i would drink i would put two packs of sugar and creamer in it you know and all that mm-hmm. other stuff uh because back then i didn't you know i just wanted the caffeine i didn't care for the taste of coffee so much now i like it mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, I would drink a whole pot to myself a night and then like to the point where my chest was hurting. And I was like, oh, God, no. what, what is going on with this? Yeah. You know? Probably- um, and, and so now I limit myself to one cup a day because I'm uh, I don't want that feeling anymore. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, like, you know, like uh, the choice of coffee we had at the time was, let's say, uh, not the best. <laughs> Death, Death Wish coffee. Is that what they used to send over there? Uh, there's probably like some knockoff brand Death Wish coffee for sure. Uh, yeah. uh, I want to say so. Yeah. But it was always that powdered instant stuff. So like, just give me the yeah. hit and move on with life. Uh, oh. I've actually seen some who would just like, uh, take it like pre-workout powder. Like they'll just, uh, take like swallow a scoop. Um, mm. and I used to mix it with my protein shakes. Yeah. I take the, that powder and I just blend it, put it in the blender with everything else. And that's how I do it too. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Protein, caffeine, freaking death wish right there. Uh, but I, I think we mentioned this on a previous episode uh, too, where uh, I think it was with YouTube specifically, where some people would actually try to just swallow a, a dry scoop of pre-workout yeah. powder. I honestly think that's weird. I don't think I don't recommend that because um, gross. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it, it's but I've also I've also seen that as a trend and it, to- it walks 100% in line with what you said that less is more and uh, I remember when pre-workout started to become a huge thing uh, mm-hmm. like early 2000s no uh, explode no yeah. explode NOX uh, C4, C4. Uh, jacked um, uh, stacker 3D or something like that stack stacker everything animal but, stack yeah mm-hmm. that's it 
Uh, but each of those bottles, there would be this real small warning that says, uh, uh, only take it until the bottle runs out and then lay off it for like three months or something like that. And then take it again. Um, of course, nobody listened. Right. <laughs> but um, and, but instead of just listening to what the bottle said, they'll just take more or they'll take like uh, stronger uh, pre-workout powders. And some of which were now since illegal. But <laughs> but <laughs> but um. I've actually tried that. See, I've actually listened to the label for once in my life. Like, you know what? Let me, let, let me, let's try this out and see if it, if it works. Right. So I, I was, I know explode at the time I finished the bottle. Like, okay. It started to really not phase me at all. And then I laid off it for three months as the label said. And then I bought a new one and I tried it again. I did half the dose and I was flying off the hinges. Whoa. <laughs> like, oh my God. I am, I am squirrel. <laughs> not a good time. <laughs> and you know the I I think I'm answering my own question on this one, but you know the caffeine hit is too much when you can hear your heart in your ears. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. that's dangerous. Oh, oh no! And and it was hot too. It was like middle of summer. It was probably like 130 degrees at the time. So oh my gosh, taking that with the heart in my ears and it's hot and I'm wearing a lot of stuff and oh, I don't have no. good ventilation. Yeah, Goodness. it was a bad time. Oh, it was a good time. <laughs> so uh, I kind of want to tail off on this a little bit. So uh, we talked about the caffeine. We talked about stuff that help you stimulate you when you're uh, stationary or sedentary. Uh, is there uh, some types of foods or textures of foods or or certain comp- composition of foods that would actually affect your mood? Like, for instance, like if I eat too much of this or actually, if I'm angry, it's going to make me more mad or it's actually going to induce me to be mad or depressed or apathetic and so forth. Uh, is well, there if you any- eat any food you don't like, it'll probably make you upset. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> yeah, if, somebody, if somebody's making me eat lima beans, you better watch out because they're going to get a big gut punch. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> so so is that more Funny. like a, so is that more like a, a, a visual or past mm. trauma thing that's actually I mean, indu- yeah. inducing yeah. the emotions yeah. or is it like, yeah. or like, mm-hmm. uh, is there like some kind of foods, like say if I'm already having said feelings, like say if I'm depressed, uh, I gravitate more towards bread or, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm feeling mad, I, t- I, um, if I eat more of this, it would actually like chemically make me worse or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, what, what science has proven is that, I mean, of course, fruits and vegetables help the help the gut bacteria send up good feelings for your mental health, but also carbs do. So I'll give an example. I was at my brother's house a few minutes ago. One of our favorite memories is eating nerds together. I was down in some nerds like crazy, and we were pretty happy in those days a couple hours ago. So it really it it it's kind of twofold. So like memories, you know, thinking about when I was a kid and I ate a lot of Easter candy and when my mom died, I ate a lot of Easter candy. So the, the food has emotional effects to it. Um, you know, if my parents um, bullied me into eating llama beans and I had to eat them, then yeah, I'm going to get pretty violent pretty quickly. So it's just, I think that food, um, food is really psychological. Would you agree with that, Cora? Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, especially if the food, you know, was associated with like a really bad memory. Um, You know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, on on the flip side, if you've ever smelled 
So it could be like bad memories because it was like with someone traumatizing that was traumatizing you. But I don't know about you guys, but there is some alcohol for me specifically, like raspberry Smirnoff. <laughs> if I smell that, I will like almost like throw up because I have thrown it up so many times. And oh, all. no. <laughs> so, you know, kind of like memories, you know, when we think about like champagne is associated, you know, with celebrating that might, you know, also bring out some of that same with um, smells. I think food when done in a social situation is, you know, generally a good way to walk away feeling like better. Um, that's one thing that we talk about in like connections outside of, you know, language and words is, is food and time spent together. So that can also be, you know, really powerful if maybe, you know, you're in a funk, um, and you don't know how to, you know, pull yourself out of it. A little dinner party of two or, you know, more can really, in addition to like feeding your body nutritionally, everyone usually walks away pretty happy from like a shared meal, um, you know, with intention. So that if you can bring in social situations into your food, that can also really help. Or like Jill was saying, you know, there are some foods that remind you um, of better times. Like I only, like I can only really drink Corona in the summertime. It's not mm -hmm. that I don't like it in the winter time, but it just tastes better in the summer with like a lime on a boat. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> uh, ours is uh, like uh, having a stout in the fall. Um, yeah. Like, yep. uh, I, I don't know what it is. MVP shares this with me too. Like uh, just like a dark stout, like, like almost like tree bark dark you know uh -huh. but uh, if you had it anytime else it just just tastes like an ipa right i, I don't know what anyone's facts and feelings are about ipa but it, that's what it kind of associates with when it's outside of the fall it's just something about when it's super cold outside it just mm -hmm. better yeah very like rituals um like i was saying you know with champagne there's also a lot of you know religions and spiritualities that you know bring in food into their worship um and their prayer so yeah for for eons you know food has been associated you know mentally with socializing historical landmarks so to speak as well so yeah definitely if, if you're feeling in a funk try sharing a meal with someone mm -hmm. mm. Uh, any anything else about that alexis Oh, most certainly. I love this. Um, actually, I was skimming through my book called The Psychobotic Revolution, and it's about the gut-brain axis. Uh, I read a lot of books, obviously. Um, another book I really recommend is 10% Human, and that's another book about the gut microbiome and the gut-brain axis. So really, I thought it was really interesting going into this because there is a part, and I was trying to find it, and I'll have to email it to you so you can share it, uh, of course, but they were talking about four different bacterias and of course you want it to be aligned where it's like everyone's all happy. Yay. But of course, like if you have certain bacteria that are really proficient and other ones that are really deficient, then that can really misalign your mental health. So either you can have this certain bacteria that's super high and it can cause uh, IBS, depression, et cetera, et cetera. And if you have this one at super low, then the balance is completely off. Um, I have to find it, but they are like, I love this book. And it's been really interesting to learn about like the different bacterias that go into it. Uh, also, uh, how bacteria affect your heart because there's a cardio uh, 
the gut cardio axis and the, uh, what is it? The liver gut axis too. So it like your guts affects everything. And if you're feeling unwell and bouncing off from the bacteria talk, just because that's, I love that. There's also what really irks me is when I hear from my clients who, uh, used to have it where their parents would make them clean their plate. So that's called the clean plate method. And it causes a lot of eating disorders and later on in life. And so I'm trying to reteach a lot of my clients where don't be trapped by food instead, because they're just like, they're hesitant about eating because they're like, I feel guilty if I don't eat because that's how I was trained. And I was like, that's called the clean plate method. It's not appropriate to do that to children. So we need to re-educate the mindset of how we approach eating and go from there and acknowledge that food is here to, to sustain us, not to punish us. And that's where like, I can go on a tangent about that too, but that's um, the negative and positive effect or the myths that you want to say when it comes to how food affects mental health. You know, that struck a, a really big chord for me, <laughs> especially, especially when you, uh, when you mentioned like uh, how all the, how it relates, how the, the, like you meant like the gut liver thing. And uh, one of the things that kind of popped in my mind and forgive me if I'm stealing this from your head, MVP was um, like, uh, feeling in control with it like uh for instance uh intermittent fasting right mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned like the uh, like having the clean plate method and being in control or feeling out of control and with us especially as aircraft mechanics you know like we tend to get a little over the top with our weight gain weight loss and we've seen some trends with uh co-workers in the past where they'll do some form of intermittent fasting and i remember when that was all the craze um mm-hmm. Uh, f- uh, forgive me, MVP, if I'm uh, if I don't remember, but there was like a bunch of people who would like do that intermittent fasting. Like I only eat exactly at eight a.m. and that's it, and then I'll just like starve myself oh. until like five p.m. or something, you know, like or like uh, they'll cut themselves off at a time, even though they're starving. They'll just cut themselves at a Aww. time and it's like you know what, just like suffer through it, wake up in the morning, and then do it all over again. So that's bleak. So that's bleak. I I I, uh, I want to ask like. Is intermittent fasting, is that like a fad <laughs> or <laughs> is it a science? You know, like, like how did that stem, you know? <laughs> and uh, Yeah. So, so intermittent fasting, when I was in school, um, the one thing that people said to me was, think about intermittent fasting in the cavemen. So the cavemen way back when would go out and chase their food, run it down, have the food. And then they never knew when their next meal was coming until the food arrived and they had to hunt it again. So intermittent fasting has been around forever. The thing is, though, in the nutrition world, what we see is um, it's really I I don't I don't perceive it as a fad. It's more of an area where you're just basically moving the eating window around. So I have tons of people that come to me all the time and say, oh, intermittent fasting works so well. But think about this. Well, how are you going to intermittent fast when your kid has a birthday party on Saturday and you're not allowed to eat until two o'clock and the birthday party's at 12? How's that going to work for you? Or what if you have to work on an airplane starting at 6 a.m. and you can't have your first meal till 2 a.m. or 2 p.m.? So 
you know, the, the premise of it is from what I have seen, at least in my practice, is that people are just basically restricting during certain hours. So in essence, it might be a um, fine, fine line walking towards an eating disorder. And Cora and Alexis uh, agree to disagree. And we could have a whole debate about this, but that's <laughs> my opinion of it. I agree to agree. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? Can you do that? <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> no, I agree too. And, you know, there's a lot of studies you brought up, like the clean plate method or whatever. Um, and that's something that we actually work with um, when we're trying to back someone away from like that instant gratification um, and, you know, the chemicals that get released, like, same with um, if you park like further away in a parking lot, even though there's like a princess parking, it's kind of challenging, like associating like satisfaction with things that are necessary in life, because then that's kind of how you get like Jill was saying into like an unhealthy pattern, especially if you're out and about and maybe, you know, on the opposite of fasting, someone serves you, you know, three times more than you'd normally eat, but your brain is telling you to eat your whole plate well, then you're probably going to end up like throwing up in a Chili's parking lot later because you ate too much because your brain was telling you it was necessary, you know, to get the plate clean. I mean, I'm so attacked right now because I- How do you you stop somebody like, uh, so I'm an emotional eater. um, And oftentimes, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll do the clean plate thing just because that's how I was raised. I don't don't force my kids to do that, but it's ingrained in me. Um, But to stop when you're, full not when you hate yourself <laughs> that makes sense you know what i mean like no when to to cut it off because i <clears throat> i struggle with that a lot you know putting myself out there right now i i will stop eating um a lot later than i probably should in fact it's not probably it is yeah so i'll say one quick thing and then i'll turn it over to jill so i'm i'm like a huge like chip eater i love crunchy and salty Um, And some days I go, you know, life's an ocean, has lots of waves and same with our behavior. Some days I can eat, you know, 12 to 20 chips and out of a big Costco bag and, you know, put the bag away. But when I'm really stressed out, when I go to the grocery store, I try to buy like servings of things. So instead of maybe getting like the big bag of pirate's booty, I'll get like the individual like little bags because then it's easier to like keep track. And if I look over and see like, three empty little bags, I'm more likely to stop um, because it's kind of already like rationed out. So for me personally, kind of taking the thinking out of like having to tell myself to stop through just being more conscious about like the serving sizes that I buy. And then also like what I put on my plate, if I know I'm going to in more of a a binge mode, I'm not going to fill my plate maybe to the brim, but more just like what my body needs versus what my brain wants. Okay. I'm going to defer to Alexis on this because she she's always like so sciencey. So Alexis, <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell us more. Tell us more. With tell us more. Right, with right. Well, backing up uh, just a hair and everything, I definitely wanted to input the intermediate fasting. So intermediate fasting, the studies, because I'm getting my master's in nutrition as well um, from whatever. But anyways. The studies are all inconclusive. So the whole immediate fasting, I'm not a big 
Like, I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> and plus, I don't like it when people deprive themselves of nutrients. And I'm like, why? And then another part, they're going in these tiny windows that are ridiculous, in my opinion, uh, scientifically opinion. Um, but they're eating Skittles, Cheetos, uh, I don't know, fried food, French fries and chicken strips. Cause they're like, I can only eat in this window. And I'm like, hold up. <laughs> That's wonderful. You're thinking that you can eat all this food, which there's no such thing as bad food. I will always repeat that. Uh, everything serves a purpose. There's definitely never, ever, ever, ever will be bad food in this world. But where are all your nutrients? You're not eating your veggies. You're not drinking your dairy or eating it in yogurt style. Uh, where's your fruit? And so you have this tiny window, but yet like, what is your nutritional budget? What is your goal? So you're kind of doing yourself a disservice by doing an intermediate fasting, but not understanding what is it that I really need for my body, if that makes sense. So that's why the studies are inconclusive because they're like, well, nobody is actually engaging what they actually need they're just like i'm starving i'm gonna reach for carbs because i need energy and what's the first thing that your body needs is energy and carbs are going to give you that energy and so that's why you reach for all these like starches a bread the pastas and you're like i can only eat in this tiny window no 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 not my thing <laughs> um but then going back to the emotional eating uh, what was the question uh backing up sorry uh, oh, just how do you teach somebody to? to oh, yes, you, yes, yes, yes. Okay, sorry. Um, no I was problem. like, I know I had an answer, and I was like, wait, what was the question? <laughs> um, I go from there. It probably means you are lacking in something, and you're probably going to be lacking in fiber that's coming from vegetables. A lot of people don't eat vegetables. So when I tell them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so when I tell them, I'm like, they're like, I'm an emotional eater. I'm like, that's wonderful. That means you're missing something and that's okay. Don't beat yourself up over it. Go eat vegetables and try that out because you're getting all that fiber. You're getting all that nutrients. It's going to make you feel better at that same time. And it's going to get you full faster. Okay. Does that make sense? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, I'm not in the science and the dietitian realm, but it sounds good. <laughs> it <laughs> does sound right. good. Science. Yeah, it's a practice. It really is a practice. And it's it, one of those things that to change that mindset of, well, you're thinking about it because your body is always going to be in a stress mode if you've had a stressful day. What your brain is thinking is like, we're running from that tiger. Uh, your brain doesn't know what is stressing itself out, but it, all it knows is we need to do something to save ourselves. So your body is going to try to uh, reserve energy and reach for anything that provides the best source of energy, which is going to be your potato chips. It's going to be your cookies. That's fast. That's fast. That's fast. But how much nutritional value are you putting into your body? So this is when I go and tell them, all right, go ahead and grab for that bell pepper. Go ahead and grab for that cucumber. Eat as much as you want. Putting out oh, like here in San Antonio, we put tahine, which is like this wonderful oh, yeah. concoction. Huh? Mm. I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Now you're barking up my alley. Um, 
but definitely add that instead and see how it changes. And instead of like grabbing for that quick energy source, let's grab something that has a lot more fiber that will fill you up even faster, which are vegetables, which a lot of people don't get on a daily basis because it is what it is kind of scenario. Do you have so, any uh, recommendations? So for a lot, sorry to cut you off. And oh, no, you're off, fine. But, but so, you know, a lot of people uh, have to, it's like eating raw vegetable, right? Oh, well, mm-hmm. it's just so bland or whatever else. You know, a lot of people dip it in ranch, but I know ranch is uh, high in calories or whatever else. Hummus is a, oh. is a decent option as well. But is there anything else beyond that that, that would entice somebody to go and say, okay, I'm going to grab this, this, these uh, broccoli florets or this cauliflower florets or these carrots? Oh, Yes, yes. I love the fact that you brought up ranch because I was about to say, so the best way to get all the nutrients, so you have your fat soluble vitamins, which is D-E-A-K, and the only, or like what's going to get it faster and help it absorb in your body faster are fat sources. So your ranch dressing is going to be an awesome, um, like if you want to dip your carrots into ranch, please do, please do. It is oh, okay. fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Don't so like make it plain better. Jane. Yeah. <laughs> Peanut butter. <laughs> I don't care. Like, do you? But no, it's wonderful to add uh, vegetables with a fat source because you're absorbing all those fat soluble vitamins that uh, provide a immaculate amount of uh, sources to your body to help you. Well, Jill can go on. I'm just like rambling, jambling right no, now. <laughs> no, I, I love, I'm like, okay, here's here's a dietitian endorsing uh, eating fats and ranch mm-hmm. dressing. I love it. We we yes. have this. You guys have to know the backstory. So uh, Alexis and I had a little discussion today before the podcast, and we were like, make sure that we align. And it wasn't <laughs> kind of like weird, creepy discussion, but. It's always interesting when you get to dietitians and, you know, us being in the same field, like we, we walk that same line together. So, you know, if you talk to Alexis or you talk to me and, you know, Cora as well, like we all, we all walk that exact same line. We believe in the same thing. So it's really awesome just to hear, like, I'm just sitting back here listening and going like, (laughs) I would have said exactly the same thing. (laughs) Feeling the love over here in Charlotte today. There you go. I love it. So so here's a quick one about vegetables, though. Uh, What's better, uh, raw or cooked vegetables? Oh, that really depends. That really depends. So I'll I'll take that one. So so like, for instance, if you have there um, for all of the females that have um, thyroid disorders, there is a lot of science behind not eating raw vegetables. So for instance, um, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, kale, Brussels sprouts have sulfur in them. If you eat too many raw vegetables and you have a thyroid disorder, immune system function, where you're taking levothyroxine or some type of medication, um, that is going to combat and cause more issues with your thyroid. So First thing is you need to know what you're dealing with with your own body and then go on that aspect. The other thing that, you know, we're starting to get really super crazy sciencey with with food and it just came out, you know, probably like 2015 where there's a there's a 
a PhD, a, a doctor here in um, North Carolina that practices nutrigenomics. So that's a study of food against your body. And what they have found is that certain individuals have taste buds on their uh, tongues where they are super tasters. So a really easy way to figure out if you're a super taster or not is, you know, tomorrow buy some raw broccoli and take a bite of it. If it's if it's really bitter, then you're a super taster. So you probably would not ever want to eat raw broccoli because it would it would just taste terrible to you. Um, but yeah, raw um, raw vegetables actually um, contain a little bit more nutrients, whereas once you put the heat to them, you are losing some nutrients. Me, uh, it's really a matter of preference. Now, if I'm eating broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, you know, those type of things, if I'm putting them in the oven, um, once they're cooked, they actually taste a lot sweeter because they bring out some of the sugars. So um cora or um alexis any comments about your own personal preferences or science on that well i'm gonna ask um what about freezing what happens to the like nutritional value when like you freeze stuff alexis give that oh i love frozen fruits and vegetables (laughs) i oh i love them um all they're doing is freeze drying or not freeze drying but freezing them at the moment that they're at their ripest and it's all there and you just pop it in a mic. I pop it in a microwave and then add a little bit of oil and call it a day. Okay. And yeah. I've seen, there is nothing wrong. And especially when you're wanting to save money, because there's some people who buy the, the bag of kale and are just like, Oh, I'm going to, I just bought it to have it venture off and from the grocery store to my refrigerator to die. Um, and then, you, but yeah, you know, speaking of kale, just to cut you <laughs> off, just, sorry, just to interject real quick. I just learned the other day that it was like up until like 2013 or 14 pizza hut was the largest buyer of kale in the United mm. States. What? And they used it. And they used it to decorate the salad bar. Yeah, so I'm like circa 1986 uh, high school graduate and I remember working at Burger King and I was like, what is this most disgusting thing that they're putting around the salad bar? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I thought it was fake. I honestly thought kale no. was fake. You know, it's like, no. uh, like it's supposed to look like cabbage, but it, oh it doesn't gosh. die, you know, because every time they leave it out, it doesn't wilt. Or, or uh, no, nothing touches it. It doesn't smell. Like is this it is fake? smelly. It is smelly. If you leave it out long enough, it will start to just oh, it will smell. Yeah. Uh, yep. I, I've been learned. <laughs> I have been learned. Uh, so uh, go, going back to what you're saying, like uh, you were talking about, uh, like the frozen vegetables part. Yeah, yeah, they're wonderful. There's nothing wrong, and also they are budget friendly for like the student pilots or the CFIs, I know how much they make. Um, my husband, he was my CFI when I first met him. Anyways, um, but it they're budget friendly. Like you can't go wrong and they all have the nutritional value. There's nothing wrong. And they last longer. That. They last a whole <laughs> yeah, lot longer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always felt kind of weird whenever I buy frozen vegetables from the market, right? It's like, okay, these are like the these are like the bioengineered vegetables. They're like they're not the re- they're not the real fresh, real good ones, you know. And so, like every time I I microwave, it's like, oh, these probably ain't even real vegetables. It's just like a bunch no. of chemicals painted to same. look like corn. Oh my you know? god, same, same. <laughs> no, that's no. What they do is, uh, 
they blanch them, which is like you put them into freezing water and it holds all the nutrients in there and then they're able to put in the packages. Oh, and that's uh. why. Yeah, they they do nothing. They don't uh, like voodoo it or anything like that. I don't know what people think um, or like, I, I really don't know. But no, that's it. It's just simple. Right. They blanch it and call it a day and they're like, have fun. <laughs> Go eat. Going into that frozen (laughs) aisle guilt free now. (laughs) You and your fresh vegetables. (laughs) Enjoy. That's going to last like two two solid days. (laughs) So so I I have a Mm -hmm. question about, you know, the time of the food mood and all that stuff. Is there any fruits or vegetables that are, you know, obviously those are all advertised as healthy. And we, we, for the most part, know that they're all healthy. But you also hear that. Oh, you shouldn't eat the skin of the apple, or you shouldn't eat the the uh, the skin of the potato, or or, or X Y Z. Uh, is there any any foods and vegetables or fruits and vegetables out there that are you know advertised as good but are bad, or some that are advertised as bad but it's actually you know hokum? It's just it's just all myth, and there's no backing to it. So I I get this question quite often because I I get you know. At least for the airline pilot side, they're um, they're very dialed into to what they're going to buy and how they're going to spend and all that. So they ask me a lot about um, organics, and organics are very expensive. So mm-hmm. if you're going to buy, yeah, if you're going to buy organic fruits and vegetables, you really want to think about the skin. So for instance, today I bought um strawberries and blueberries so if i have the money to invest in organics i'm going to do that because i'm going to be eating the skin same thing with apples um you know bananas oranges the dirty um, dozen is that right the dirty dozen Mm, the dirty dozen exactly that so you want to think about that now i will tell you this because i um you know i sometimes live in tennessee as well and the thing, the thing that goes here is there is a farm that is located in Tennessee that grows almost all of the lettuce for the entire United States. And wow. I'll, have, I'll have to send you the name of the, of the company. I really want to, I want to drive to Tennessee one night late at night because when I was driving there, there are rows and rows and rows of greenhouses and you know they're selling their product as organic but when i drive down the road it looks like a ufo it, they are they're using um artificial light to grow all of their products so take a look at the romaine lettuce that you're buying next time the, this this company is actually producing all of the romaine lettuce and it actually looks more white than green and and they're selling it as organic so the whole organic thing, I am just kind of a little thinking it's sketchy at this point based on what I have seen. And I will be happy to, you know, like in June, produce some pictures and show you guys because you would not believe it. The sky is purple at night with the lights. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Dang. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to Google it right now and see if I can. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? (laughs) It's worth the Google. Uh, uh, Likewise with uh, sometimes, you know, I think this is more of a market thing where they say, air quote, superfood, right? Mm, Uh, Kale kale is a superfood or uh, Mm. uh, Asahi berries is a superfood, you know? No, it's not. Or superfood (laughs) uh, smoothies. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm, 
I'm, I'm at this point. I'm assuming I'm going to start flying and see through walls because of all this super stuff that they say. You know, yeah. I um, um, oh, go for it. Oh, there, there's a dietitian that used to be on the Food Network, and she, she would come through. Uh, she was with Alden Brown, and so she would come through the TV screen, and she was like, "But all foods are super if you eat them, at least." So that's my belief. I'm like, all foods. Yeah. Are so, well, I was going to yeah. say, you know, I really try to tell clients, this is probably like the only nutritional advice I give other than like drinking water <laughs> um, <laughs> is like, you know, refrain from using like clean. Oh, this is like clean eating because <laughs> it, it brings with it. What? What's the assumption of like, well, if it's not clean, then it's dirty. And I think it's right. like mm-hmm. really easy to psych yourself out of things when you make things so black and white, like saying, oh, this is clean eating. Well, you eliminate a lot out of Food that could actually benefit you if you know mm-hmm. you're living by that so that's one thing is like there's no such thing as clean eating versus dirty eating and you can tell me if i'm wrong i'm, I'm here no, to I, too. I agree no, you're right mm-hmm. yeah you know what that reminds me of now that you mentioned clean eating is detoxing you know oh. uh, <laughs> I, got, I got it i got it <laughs> you yeah. know it's it's because i hear that all the time like and especially it's usually people who are very into um like fitness and athletics or like uh, I'm gonna go on my uh, 12 day detox or my 12 week detox or whatever. And they, all they do is like drink like this turmeric tea or something like that or <laughs> whatever else. I'm like, I have no idea what that's doing for you. And I, I don't understand what you mean by detox. Usually when I, when maybe I had the, the better, uh, young life experience when I hear detox that just means I'm trying to work through a hangover so (laughs) you know so that's awesome uh, so um, yeah a little about detox right like uh you back me up on this if I'm right or wrong but normally when you detox that's kind of like your that's really just your liver working and all this extra stuff is just snake oil uh shit really um Ding, 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 ding. Woo! $500 for me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Winning, winning with day one. Spin the wheel again, Kyle. <laughs> or what, wait, who was the guy's name in uh, Wheel of Fortune? I forget his name already. Alec. Is it Alec? I'm getting mixed up with Alec. Jeopardy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, or is it <laughs> Phil? I don't, uh, whatever. Anyway, um, so this actually came as a question from one of the listeners when we put up our questionnaire and they say like, hey, what's something you guys want to know about food and, and mental health? And one person asked like, uh, what's a good job for someone with ADHD to have? Uh, this kind of touching the mental side. And then how does one mm-hmm. with ADHD or any kind of neurodivergence st- stay on track with some kind of nutrition plan? I'm trying to say nutrition plan instead of diet because that implies that you're fat. <laughs> but uh, uh, so yeah. So I'll start um, with the mental health part and then throw it over to Jill. So this is one thing that the FAA and I disagree on um, is if you're ADHD, I think you're going to make a fantastic pilot Um, or, you know, a lot of jobs in aviation that are not desk jobs, um, you know, like maintainers um, or folks that are like having to move your body. So don't let the FAA tell you that you won't make a good pilot. If you ask any like mental health professional, they will absolutely say, I'll take the ADHD pilot over the not ADHD pilot because ADHD folks um, also make very good like waiters and waitresses because they're able to like scan, listen really well, like kind of have their head on a swivel and pay attention to little details like noises coming, you know, either from inside or outside of the airplane or in a restaurant setting um, where you're 
trying to combine moving your body, but also getting like tactile inputs with a little dash of critical thinking. Um, so yeah, um, my doctor even said like folks with ADHD make fantastic, uh, servers and like restaurant staff because they need to be listening. If they're in the back of house, you know, listening to how something is simmering, listening to timers, feeling, or looking at, I guess, the like wilty, sad white lettuce if you're getting it from Tennessee. <laughs> so, uh, you know, basically any job that combines moving your body and making like some critical like decisions, not just, you know, same old um, like moving, uh, but combining that with your brain um, is generally a good idea if you are just unfortunate and have like ADHD and are bound to a desk you know maybe getting something like one of those like exercise balls or like a chair that you can kind of spin on um or like you can put things under your desk uh to like put your feet over they're like little like ball things just try to add as many like sensory inputs to your job, um, especially if you don't have like a lot of breaks to go walk outside or you live in Oregon and it's cold for three fourths of the year. Um, like I'm a huge fan of like desk toys. Like even my car has like car toys in it to like play with or like fidget. So, um, you know, the more you can have at your desk or in your pocket, in your flight bag, in your tool bag, uh, the better. Huh. Perfect. I like that. I think that ties in with the ratchet, uh, the ratchets when I grab them and just spin them around. Yes. Go, yes. I, that's I exactly that what I was thinking. The, <laughs> that's a mechanics fidget spinner, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Perfect. Uh, or even just like the ratchet wrenches where it just has a box. It's um, like a tiny part that spins and you just kind of like. like the box uh, end, yep. Yeah, like a box end and just kind of twirl it like a party uh, noisemaker. Like, yeah. The hell is wrong with this guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, ladies with the diet uh, the dietitian side of the house or the nutrition side of it about uh, someone <laughs> with neurodivergence I, yeah i i honestly have no experience with adhd so i'm going to defer to alexis Ooh, i actually have i used to work with kids with neurobehavioral disorders awesome. um yeah it's a lot of fun um and actually the dietitian that was over solid. She was kind of like guided me before I met you, Jill. And mm-hmm. she helped me get into dietetic school and et cetera. Um, but it definitely with ADHD and the neurobehavioral disorders, you've got to watch what you eat, of course, uh, like anyone else underneath the sun. Uh, but I definitely did see a difference when they would switch from like eating potato chips all the time, blah, 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 to all of a sudden eating fruits and vegetables for the first time. And it really was a thing to reteach the family, not just the children, but the family um, about what it is that they can incorporate. I know that one oh, sidebar and everything, but I remember one mother, I watched her and she was like, I need you to tell my son to quit drinking sodas. I was like, okay. I'm like, well, who's buying the sodas? And, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then when uh, I was like, well, how about you switch over to like some fruit juices or just like, I don't want to go straight to water because if you're going like from sodas to that, you, it's a major extreme. That's why I baby step it. Um, and I was like, why don't you uh, switch it over to fruit juices? And then I switched to her and I was like, why are you blaming him for this Coke in the house? 
um, he doesn't have a job. So it's reteaching her. I was like, you might want to be a influencer in the house and be like, you know what? I'm going to be switching like kind of scenario. So rabbit trailing there kind of, but yeah, it's going from there. Uh, so switching up your, I don't want to say diet again, but your nutritional journey <laughs> and <laughs> going into their fruits and vegetables, of course, and going back to your gut microbiome and seeing that if you, read the books, the 10% human or the psychobotic revolution. It also talks about like, if you are having X, Y, and Z bacteria as a proficient versus one that's deficient, then it could cause X, Y, and Z in mental health. Or uh, if you don't have that balance, then obviously that is, or the imbalance again is causing that neurobehavioral disorder so that's what I saw and I was like wow that's when I decided I wanted to go and study nutrition I was like I did not realize like how much just changing the way you eat really affects you mentally and I was blown away when I saw the kids come in and they were just like hi like the personalities were completely different if that makes sense and I was like wow I gotta have an appreciation for food and the way it affects your body and I've really got to study this and go deeper. So that's from my point of view, if that makes sense. That, that, that does make sense. And uh, I've noticed that, especially with, because we have some uh, mechanics and other aviation specialists who have some form of neurodivergence, and then there's some stigmas mm -hmm. against that and other stereotypes. Um, and they kind of, they really do struggle, like trying to maintain some kind of a set plan uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and a lot of it, I think, I don't, I don't want to say impulse control, but it's more like um, they tend to listen to whatever their body tells them to. And sometimes like uh, having some kind of neurodivergence, that body doesn't know what it wants. So mm -hmm. you kind of just like guess your way through it. Like, uh, I want something sweet, but I don't know what it is. And they go grab an ice cream sandwich or uh, that didn't work. So let me go try this, uh, this jar of uh, whatever. And okay, that didn't mm -hmm. work either. Let me just eat this bowl of cereal. And, you know, they keep going and going, and going. They they're they're full, but now they can't. But now they're they're not satisfied. But now they're overstuffed themselves. You know, so yeah. And then going back to that actually reminded me. So in the book, they were talking about your gut will have full control of what you want because uh, we're made of bacteria, we're made of viruses, and etc. Like. That's why we're only 10% human. It's mostly just bacteria that we're made out of. And so whatever one is most proficient, it's like, okay, I'm. we're going to bring it all in. We're going to bring it all in in regards to the potato chips, the Skittles. I like Skittles, by the way. Uh, Jolly Ranchers, et cetera. Like overdose it too much. And it increases the neurobehavioral disorder or the act of it. And so when you start understanding how to balance that gut and calm down that one that's like over like having a fiesta <laughs> and it's funny like, okay, let's go invite all these other bacteria as well so we can balance this out. So yeah, you definitely reminded me of that when you were talking about um just the imbalance in general. Right. I'm, pretty, pretty, I'm glad that we're able to spark that memory for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this one, I actually just saw this 
probably like two minutes before we started recording. And and I honestly think it's because uh, my spy phone is listening to me and it's, it's, <laughs> it's giving me suggestive marketing, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, this one ad came up and it was talking about, I'm not sure if you guys know this, it's called the seven second poop trick. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, I've not heard of this. So I've never heard of this, right? Until just the, that two minutes that it said, right? And it, it was going into about fiber diets and drinking water. Uh, but I think um, it went into saying that like having, um, having a high fiber diet will actually make you not poop good. And drinking a lot of water will actually not fix the problem. So what you should do is do this seven second poop trick. I did not make it to the end of the video of what that seven seconds was <laughs> because it told me okay. to click. It told me to click here, and I'm pretty sure that was a scam. So, <laughs> but uh, not to, not today, <laughs> not today, Doctor no. Evil. <laughs> but, but, I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna say first and foremost, if you're if you're spending seven seven what what'd you say seven seconds seven seconds yeah. Seven seconds. Uh, that's weird. Yeah. If you're spending, so I'm just going to go ahead and divulge all like all, I have a lot of clients that have food allergies. If you're, if you're spending seven seconds on the toilet, it's coming out pretty fast. <laughs> and, you know, and like everyone, I, I talk about poop all day and night because I have a lot of um, airline pilots and clients have been well, and you guys also been in the military. So you don't know what, what your body has ingested when you're overseas or might have been a lot of weird stuff that have been going on. So if you're, if your poop is coming out and it's like basically sliding out of your body, you got a problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. Put it out there, put it out there. I'm always, whenever I onboard a new client, I'm always like, okay, I want to know about your poop, but please don't send pictures. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. I do not want this. Right. Descriptions all day and night. You can tell me how bloody, muddy, whatever, but, but I do not want pictures. So that being said is, you know, there's a, there's a thing called the Bristol stool chart. And so it's one through seven and you normally want to be like a one through three, which is uh, like a Lincoln log, nice and firm and comes out solid and floats. Um and Alexis, you can back me up on this. I sometimes mm-hmm. I get it wrong if it's supposed to float or not. I had heard, I think I heard that if it floats, then you have enough fiber in your diet. If it doesn't float, then uh, trouble. Um, but back me up on that in just a second to let me know. Uh, <laughs> double check on no, that. No, you don't know. What <laughs> what I find in in the aviation industry, like over the last three years, over three hundred people that I've worked with, um, most of them have like sausagey kind of melty kind of blobs. So, um, fiber and water really plays into that. If you're not getting enough fiber, then you're not able to produce a really nice strong stool, and if you're not able to produce that, then what's happening, you're losing a lot of nutrients. The, the nutrients are basically sliding out your back end and you're not, you're going to end up, you know, 40, 50 years old with bone density issues or lots of other problems going on. I encourage everyone to always like turn around, look in the toilet and see what you're producing. Um, as far as hydration goes, uh, I also get, I get a lot of regional pilots that are super constipated and they talk about sitting on the toilet for hours, not hours, maybe 30 minutes and trying to produce marbles and 
<laughs> yeah, I can't even. I'm like, thank goodness we're not on video right now because I just, uh, I just crack up at that point. I'm like, marbles, really? That that sounds pretty miserable and painful. Mm-hmm. They're like rabbits. Yeah, yeah, that's about to say <laughs> <Right>. rabbit. <laughs> right. So, um, so does putting like a little bit of citrus in your uh, water do anything? Because every morning, what I do is I, I my my first 24 ounces that I have has a couple slices of lemon in it does that uh i heard i i was told that that does something good for the gut um but maybe maybe it's not so i guess I'll i've find not heard now. about that have alexis have you heard about that at all that mm-hmm. goes down the alkaline rabbit hole yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no uh, i'm not heard about that and then we uh we we get a lot of people that want to do fiber powders and I mean mm-hmm. if you're really if you're really having a problem then that might be a way to go but I also have to mention that if you're doing fiber powders then where are your vitamins coming from so you're losing exactly. valuable vitamins yeah so I'm not really a fan you know when I was when I was a new baby dietitian I used to tell everybody like oh yeah just take take Metamucil. It's awesome. <laughs> After I started getting into the science of it, I was like, Ooh, it's really bad for you. Please don't do that. Let's, let's throw that can in the trash right now. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of nutrients, are there any specific, you don't have to say brand on here if you don't want to, but are there specific mm, like multivitamins that are better than others when it comes to getting your, you know, your cruciferous stuff, your B12s and your vitamin Ds and A's and B's, E's, and then also ones that improve like your, your brain function, right? The neural side of it. You know, you hear about lion's mane mushroom being um, beneficial to brain activity, but for, for, this is a kind of a question for all, all three of you. Um, are there yeah, any ones that are better than others? My big thing is I'll take the stance on I I'm not a big fan of vitamins unless you really, really need them. I like to try to get nutrients through foods. And then I see a lot of my clients ordering vitamins off of Amazon and I just don't know. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that right now. So there are certain brands that I recommend. So one is um is GMP, which is good manufacturing uh practice which is a certification for vitamins because vitamins as we hear it are produced in china and we all know whatever's going on over there is whatever's going on so i'm just going to leave it at that but supplements you you guys got to really be careful with because um you need to have something that's third-party tested and is a and I hate to use the word clean, but I'm going to say clean because they hide a lot of metals and other things in vitamins. Oh. So, yeah, I, I'm i just like, uh it, it feels like everything that's out there now, whether it's food, vitamins, like everything, sunscreen you put on. I just had a conversation with my daughter's tennis coach the other day and about how bad sunscreen is for you. And, and, I, and I know I, I've heard that in the past, but it just seems like everything's designed to kill us. <laughs> I know. Well, in, in, in I know. heavy excess, or, right? Or or, ex, or expedite death, I guess. You know, right? Yeah, put you in the ground faster, make more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alexis, Cora, like, what are your thoughts on on vitamins, supplements? Do you have any rules or things that you go by? They're not regulated by the FDA. Yeah. Yeah. And really? it, oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. 
Uh, yeah. I heard I heard specifically gummies. Like there was something about gummies. Like uh, they have like uh, I want I want to say silver, but I'm not sure if that's the one. But like they have like some added chemical in it that's like super bad for your liver or something like that. Wow. Jeez. Uh, I, I didn't just, even know that part. <laughs> I just recently heard this. So like, don't, don't quote me on this. Like, again, it's one of those targeted marketing ads. You're like, oh, you should totally buy this. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one thing, I don't know if you guys do show notes or not, but I can, I, so when I used to um, coach um, sports nutrition, so I treat all of the aviation folks um, just like athletes. And there is a database that is called NSF. So it's um, nutrition for sport because all of your sport, it's, it's crazy. You, you expect all of your aviation folks to work on airplanes and fly people around and be safe, but yet we're not testing anything that's going into their bodies. So, but then for your Olympic athletes, they can go out and, you know, run a five minute race and one win a million dollars and they test all of them. So there, there is a website called NSF, which is specifically for all of your Olympic and professional athletes and they test all of their products. So any products that you wonder about, I can give you a website and you can put your products to the test, put them in there, see if they come up. If they don't come up, then I would really question whether or not you want to put them in your body. Oh, yeah, that'd be actually really mm-hmm. good. Uh, I think yeah. we can all benefit from that. Like you said, uh, they test the athletes uh, who can who can do the crazy uh, feats of agility and endurance and strength, but not the people who who maintain the aircraft and then fly them there to exactly. perform their events, you know? <laughs> Fancy. That, I was gonna right? say it sounds like there's more like as in Oregon, like it sounds like weed has more like regulation out here than vitamins. I'm surprised uh, that it doesn't uh, have to have any kind of you know approval. Um, but yeah, that's that's very interesting. I didn't know that. Hmm. Same here. Same here. I'm like mm-hmm. writing this down. NSF. This, this will actually show us <laughs> too. I, well, and will the products? Um, Certain products have you said GMP and then NSF. Will they have those those uh, certi- certifications on them? Do they be labeled mm-hmm. as such, or are they? Oh, yes, they're... yes. So that um, that's what I can do after the show. Is I can I'll I'll send some screenshots if you guys want to. That's probably a good discussion. You know, so it's April twenty eighth right now when we're recording this. So like maybe we take the last couple of days of April and just. Um, start educating all of our followers on, you know, what to look on, look at on labels, because there's just so much going on anymore. You just, you see these, you know, I have a, I have a private pilot that is, um, is a repo man. And he's like, well, I'm not carrying food, but I'm carrying my supplements. I was like, oh, Uh, that's that's really going to do well. Good luck, buddy. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I can, I can hear y'all that you're just crashing right like I know. <laughs> the gears oh. are grinding no <laughs> no oh. those are little hearts <laughs> no so uh, wow. uh cy- cycling real bag real fast just to kind of rope that in with the seven second poop thing uh so that's exactly what you're saying that's kind of like how they are marketing it like like uh, mm. oh like having high fiber it's supposed to like lube you up and give you the solid linking logs uh uh, product, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but then they try to go on and say like, well, having too much fiber will actually make you constipated. And then the doctors are going to have to go in there with a glove in hand and fish it out for you. I'm like, Whoa, but, Whoa, no. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I would admit a horse. 
Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, I, w- I will admit that having too much of anything is terrible for you. And I would assume like having too much fiber will actually plug up the plumbing if you get my drift. But uh, I don't know uh, that I think honestly, that's probably like a case by case basis. Like you to totally talk to someone who knows what they're doing before you start taking any sort of drastic measures. But um, I, I really I'm finding it really hard to believe that this is kind of like a general shot across the bow can work for just about anyone to take seven seconds of anything. And it's going to somehow drastically clear the the waterworks for you to uh, uh, produce quality product. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> waste, waste reduction to a T, you know, let, let's lean this process out. <laughs> yeah. oh my. I, I, I really find that hard to believe. Uh, we, we can yeah. value stream map this uh, uh, on the next Go MVP. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, we're terrible. <laughs> that, that, that's been our, our big kick uh, lately is with uh, value streams and waste reduction and all that, especially when it comes to the aviation industry with the way uh, delays are happening, the way um, wait times are happening, the way uh, uh, downing discrepancies and uh, customer uh, negativity is happening. Um, mm. we can blame a whole lot of that stuff on one thing or another. I can, we can honestly say like a good chunk of that is due to their process and we'll let you all fill the gaps on what that is. <laughs> but so, uh, that's what MVP and I have been doing, uh, of most recently is having to figure out where these non-value added items are and how can we do to replace it if it is replaceable. Cause you will find a lot of, uh, people who would, I would say, act in the same fashion as you were will just kind of like influence the 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 solution without any real backing to it but it just sounded cool right and everyone just kind of buys off on it because they put a, a nice uh gold bow spin on it and before they know it they're neck deep into it and they realize they they bought a lemon and they got no choice but to kind of just deal with it until the service kind of dies or whatever <laughs> so mm-hmm. A little off tangent on that one, <laughs> but um, hey, I got a question real quick. You talked about is you know people get older and the bone densities and all that stuff. What's that? Uh, what's that stuff that Sylvester uh, Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were taking? Uh, G G G H P or H G P or human growth something mm. hormone. Uh, HGH, 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 there you go. Might be HGH. Is that like, is that like testosterone? Is that steroids? You know, Mm -hmm. just thinking because, you know, we got a lot of people uh, out there in the industry, got older maintainers and pilots and such. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, what is, is that something worthwhile for people to look into as they're getting older? Yeah, I'd say don't take it. So, um, It's a human human growth hormone. I'm sure one. It's probably very expensive, but I I get a lot of um, folks that come through my practice that are um, trying to take testosterone and various hormones. And really, when you look at that, you know, one, it's a marketing gimmick, and two, if your body is not producing the right amount of hormones, then you have to look at your nutrition first and foremost. So an example for me, I went to the doctor on a Tuesday and the first thing the doctor said was, you know, Hey, you're 55. We should probably take a look at your thyroid and look at this and look at that. Look, look internally first before you take anything. Uh, we, 
I do see a lot of folks that are taking testosterone and um, long-term effect is not good on the body. The, the only thing that I can say about it really is a, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I can't really say specifically what, what hormones do to you. Um, but I just don't think it's a good idea on any respect at all to take anything. I, I, okay. I can agree with that here, here, <laughs> uh, ladies, how about you on that, on that one? Same question. I personally can't say anything yet because I haven't looked in and I don't like answering anything unless I look at the research first. Um, and I'm very detailed oriented about research and that's my take. But I also wanted to bounce back uh, to taking supplements. So, of course, I'm always going to be food first. Uh, and there's reason why it's because you don't want to make one vitamin in your body become deficient because you're overdoing it with another vitamin. So for example, I know zinc was really popular a couple of years ago due to COVID, <laughs> um, but it can lead to copper and iron deficiency. And so when you're doing that, you are, when you're depleting your iron sources, you're becoming more fatigued. You can get anemia as well. And then for the copper, if you're becoming more deficient in that, of course, it's anemia, but you can develop uh, genetic disorders or genetic disorders uh, with the liver enzymes. So nutrition is really complicated. So you don't want to overcomplicate yourself by being like, oh, let me go take this vitamin and see what it helps out and everything, but you actually depleting another vitamin source that's really important for you, especially within the aviation community. Very well said on that one. Uh, <laughs> how about yourself, Cora? Um, I am also in the stance of like, I don't know much about it, to be honest. Um, so yeah, not not my uh, wheelhouse, I guess. So I don't have anything to to stand on other than the like, wow, great question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and, uh, since, since supplements uh, are kind of the consensus of a no go, rather get it from food. What foods reduce swelling? So we've got a lot of us maintainers out there, uh, speaking for myself, who crack and pop and snap and uh, joint swell. And everything else as we move around throughout the day. Um, what what foods are kind of best to reduce inflammation and such? Alexis. Jill, you want to go? Oh, okay. No. <laughs> go for it. Oh, go for it. There you go. I was like waiting for you. Anyways, I know that the university I graduated from, uh, they were looking at joint health in watermelon. I don't know the consensus of like the outcomes of that study, but I thought it was really interesting that they were the, the master's program were like really looking into that. So I'll have to see if they came out with results for watermelon and helping out your joint health at the same time, but definitely electrolytes are going to help you with swelling. I know pilots when they go up and fly, they kind of balloon up and their water intake is low kind of scenario. Their electrolytes are low. So adding in the electrolytes will decrease that, that act of like becoming like a balloon. I get that sometimes. And I'm like, Oh, crud nugget. I did not take my electrolytes <laughs> and it really shows. But I remember when I was over at Centennial 
uh, we were picking up one of my parents' airplanes, um, and I didn't have my electrolytes at all. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to (laughs) hurt. So I was wearing boots, and I had to take them off because they were just too tight. When I got home, I just took my electrolytes, and, like, all the swelling went down. Um, But that's my intake for, like, the swelling portion if that makes sense and then i'll have to look into to see what they found for the watermelon in regards to joint health mm-hmm. okay yeah my my thought on watermelon is it's a high potassium so potassium is one of your electrolytes your electrolytes are um, potassium magnesium sodium chloride and calcium so that would be my thoughts on that if you're having um, joint issues and swelling the same answer that we started this whole conversation with tonight is always more fruits and vegetables because if you're having inflammation and swelling, then you're probably having what they call oxidative stress. So you're having um, cells that are breaking down from stressful events, long hours standing, putting your body through extreme measures. All all the folks that work in maintenance, I know that you guys do rotating shifts. So not only shift working, but also the heat and the temperatures or the cold weather can stress the body out quite a bit. And so you probably have a lot more broken cells going on and they might be clogging up your joints. So always, you know, practice the measures of deep, dark and bright fruits and vegetables as much as possible. Okay. I, li- I like that. Good I like that. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like when you, when everyone says electrolytes, the first thing my brain gravitates to is Gatorade, you know, yeah. Yay! You know, you know it's Gatorade, you know, like it, it has electrolytes. Uh, what movie was it? Uh, water, uh, boy. water boy. No, no, no. no water boy too. But there was another one. Um, idiocracy. It was idiocracy oh where, they, oh. where they tried to grow We're trees with, uh, right with, uh, not Gatorade. What was it? Gatorade. Yeah, it was Gatorade. They try to grow trees with Gatorade. Like, why is it not working? It has electrolytes. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, that might, maybe it's because I found it extremely funny. That's probably why my brain automatically goes to electrolytes. I mean, you know, mm. 90s commercials really do yeah. to everybody, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I never would have guessed, you know, like, like potassium was an electrolyte. Uh, magnesium was an electrolyte. Calcium is an electrolyte. Usually you hear all kinds of bad stuff when it comes to calcium, like, Oh, if you have too much calcium, you start getting bone spurs and stuff like that. So that's so that's what I got in my heels, right? So I have I, I have bone spurs underneath my Achilles tendons, and I feel like I'm walking on knives every day. Mm. And then I'll feel good one day, and then I'll get out and I'll you know be very active doing something, and then I'll go sit in the car to drive home. But when I get home, I can barely walk in the door. Mm. And then the next day, I'm about eighty years old when I get up. And I do stretches and everything like that, but it's just nothing's nothing's working out. So is there anything uh, you guys have that could potentially help with oh, not I can, wanting to I just talk be in a wheelchair all, all the time? Yeah, I could talk all day and night about bone spurs and heel issues. So prior, um, prior to me becoming a dietitian, I used to own a running store. So I'm actually educated in what they call podorthos. So that's, that's the function of the foot. And uh, what, what ends up happening is your, so it starts actually in your hamstring. So think about how much you sit during the day, your hamstring as you're sitting is not being stretched enough. So it's, it's actually compressing. So when you stand up, 
Then what's happening, the hamstring attaches to the back of the knee and goes into what they call the gastrocnemius, which is your um, which is your calf muscle, and then the Achilles tendon. The Achilles tendon is is not really a muscle. It's a very strenuous sheath of fibers that cannot stretch at all. So if you're sitting all day long, what's happening is your hamstrings, your um, calf muscle, and your Achilles tendon is actually shortening day by day by day. So then when you stand up, what happens is it gets pulled and it starts getting pulled from what is called your your um, calcaneus, which is your heel muscle or your, your heel bone, actually your heel bone, um, calcaneus. So that is what creates the heel spur. So the, the calcium buildup from the bone has to try to reattach it. And it actually does cause like a spiky event happening yeah it's it's horrible it's actually horrible as a as a former long distance runner i can remember the nights that i spent in bed with my heel just absolutely i thought it was, i was going to die so yeah what, i mean i i had that too i i used to run track and i played soccer and all that and now uh you know with with my daughter i'm playing tennis so i'm i'm doing yeah. that in the court now i'm okay because i'm i'm preoccupied with the game while we're while mm-hmm. we're out there in the court but man as but soon as i stop like i'm just yeah. and there's some nights i'll just look over my wife I'm like please i know you don't want to like give me a foot massage but please right. just yeah light please pressure just, will do something yeah. cut my uh, foot up so what, exactly what yeah what what you could do is you know lay on the floor and i i'll i'll take my belt and i'll put the belt loop around my around my foot around the ball of my foot and then stretch your leg. You you would be amazed if you start stretching your hamstrings, your 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 Achilles tendon or what's known on the bottom of your foot as your plantar fascia muscle, it will loosen up over time. But it's got to be a daily event if you start, you know, like get up in the morning, get some water, have some coffee, lay down for a little bit and then start stretching your hamstrings out, you would be amazed how fast it will repair. And I've had lots of friends that have had Achilles tendon and plantar fascia removal. And, oh, I just don't know if that's a good idea or not. I think if you just start stretching, you would be amazed at how different you'll feel. So I actually looked into it because it got so bad uh, to to the point where I was like, like you said, cut off my foot. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God, can I just get prosthetic feet, please? Knees down, whatever. Um, and I actually went to a doctor and he looks, he's like, he, he said the same thing as you. He's like, he's like, all you can really do is stretch. He's like, if it gets really bad, we look into it. He goes, I highly recommend you do not do that. Mm-hmm. He goes, you're going to come out with more problems than yes. you, you had going in. So I guess I'll just keep, I'll do as you said, I'll keep stretching and stuff. I, I don't know if there's any food wise I should, you know, that would help with that too. But uh, when I had my foot looked at, <laughs> they took a, you know, x-rays and stuff because they were looking at my tendons and mm-hmm. uh he, the the doc called the x-ray technician called in another technician said you got to see this and i said oh god what's going on what's wrong and they're like nothing but your tendons are like three times thicker than the average person mm-hmm. so i was like really and they said yeah you're you're like what a caveman would be oh my oh, gosh yeah, you, you gotta start you could, stretching you gotta yeah, start stretching <laughs> I was like, really? They're like, yeah, you're you're behind in the evolutionary chain. <laughs> like, I bet you don't get hurt very easy. They said, have you ever broken a bone? I said, never. Wow. And they said, do you bru- bruise very easy? I said, hardly at all. And I got 
ran over by cows and stuff as a kid, you know, on, on the oh farm or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, you're, you're built to take abuse as a mm-hmm. Neanderthal would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just living in today's world. So I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who think we as mechanics are very ne- Neanderthal ish <laughs> i mean we, we kind of we, we kind of don't uh help that image too because we like to beat things to fit and then paint them to match you know so, <laughs> so you know like how do you fix things bonk <laughs> bfh bfh <laughs> inside joke everybody <laughs> uh Ladies, uh, I mean, I, I am so overwhelmed by all this knowledge you guys have been dumping. And honestly, I feel that uh, this should be like an ongoing thing, especially with because nutrition and mental health, like they're starting to make their way through the rounds to become more of a popular thing. But it, I, in our personal opinion, it's not popular enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Example is like with like you're saying with the electrolytes, with the supplements, with the NSF website, with fruits and vegetables in general. Okay, calling myself out on this one because uh, <laughs> I I mostly did the caveman diet, and that's not because I don't like vegetables. I just like animals more, <laughs> <laughs> animal byproducts more. But um, <laughs> but that's definitely something that we as a whole, as an aviation industry in general, uh, we tend to just roll the dice with our health, and we kind of just chalk it up to it is what it is. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of us out there who can attest. Um, uh, with that said, and we know this is not uh, like you can't just uh, blanket fix or give like a a one stop shop solution. Like just drink more water, take uh, uh, do some push ups or something, you know. But do you have any sort of uh, advice that you can pass on to all all of us and our listeners that if you do at least this, then you'll be that much better than you were before. I can go. Uh, just baby step it. Uh, when it comes to nutrition, uh, that's what I tell my clients. It's a baby step process. It's not going to be overnight. You're not going to see results overnight. You won't see them in a month. It'll be longer down the road. You just got to trust the process. I agree. Yep. Just one, you know, pick one thing, master it, take another thing, master it. Agree. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would also say on top of that, like like, progress isn't linear either. Like it's expected that you're going to like not always be on the up and up. Sometimes it plateaus. Sometimes it, you know, goes below that, but it's not always linear. Exactly. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because there that probably is one of the main derailers for a lot of individuals, myself included. Uh, we're really, really putting ourselves out there on that one. Huh? <laughs> like uh, when like you, you, you have the progress, you feel good, like you see the weight loss or you see the health improvement and you're like, OK, you know what? I'm good. I'm just going to make I'm going to keep this. And then something along happens like you had a bad day or mm-hmm. something and say, you know what? Uh, cheat day starts today. And then you kind of feel bad about it. So you say, you know what? Cheat day, day two, right? And then it just kind of waterfalls from that from that point. And next thing you know, you're back to square one, if not worse. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm really glad you mentioned that. Uh, I'm just going to put it out there for everyone listening. Uh, these three ladies also provide resources uh, and services for all of you out there. So if you're interested in using them, 
in learning more about mental health or some kind of nutritional guidance, whatever the case may be, they are available. Uh, we are as well as far as the aviation maintenance side of the house, as far as the quality assurance side of the house, uh, learning how to uh, streamline your process and just overall mentorship. We are all available. Uh, ladies, uh, where can listeners or people interested find you? Uh, let's start with to my left, which is Cora. Yeah. So um, on Instagram, I am aviation.therapist. I also have a website that is um, flightdeckcommunity.com. And then I was real creative when thinking of an email address. And my email address is flightdeckcommunity at gmail.com. So that is how you can find me. I mean, keep it, keep it consistent and easy, right? Like, (laughs) Mrs. Alexis, where can we find you? Yes, most certainly. Uh, Instagram, you can find me under fly and then underscore high underscore nutrition. So fly high nutrition, Facebook. I'm really active and honestly message me instead of just sending me a friend request or you can send me a friend request, but please message me at the same time. So I know to like, click on you. Uh, I get a lot of friend requests. That's why. And I have like 500 and I'm like, Oh boy, this is overwhelming. And, but yes, you can find me under Alexis Elliott dash Stabler. Sorry. I've got like all these names behind me now. Uh, So it's Alexis Elliott Stabler, Uh, two L's and two T's. And then let's see, my email is flyhighnutrition.com. LLC at gmail.com. Outstanding. And last but not least, Mrs. Jill. Yes. So I can be found on Instagram as pilot nutritionist or aviation dietitian. And my website is truecoursenutrition.com. Outstanding. And also that these ladies do have courses available. So if you visit their sites or you visit their social medias or email them, they do have some course of some type available to expand your knowledge or have some one-on-one guidance as well. Uh, Mr. MVP, do you have anything else to add to, uh, to anything? Thank you all for coming on and imparting your knowledge and wisdom on us again. Uh, and Alexis, thanks for joining us this time as well. Uh, it was My pretty pleasure. eye-opening. Learned, learned a few new things today that I didn't previously know. And so as we kind of started off the episode with, uh, the, the day you stop learning is the day you die. So I'm glad I didn't die today. <laughs> right. I'm definitely learning today, you right? <laughs> Take that apocalypse. <laughs> but, there you go. <laughs> but let us know what you think, everybody. Like, did we miss something? Is there something you want us to expand on more? Is there a particular subject regarding mental health, nutrition, both? Or is there something, some kind of white i would say widely tailored but like some something else that you would like to hear more from ourselves or from our guests you'd like to see us on another episode with with similar talk or maybe go a little bit more in depth on something like uh neurodivergence and uh and nutrition or so forth let us know on our comments let us know on our social medias you can find it on our website or 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 the best way to get a touch of us is through uh, our Patreon on our Discord channel. We have all sorts of uh, talks exactly like this and much more. <laughs> We're actually, I think I've divulged a little more than I should on Discord. But by all means, these all these conversations happen all the time, uh, be it the various social medias and Discord. And 
Uh, let us know what you think. Let us know what you, want to, what you want to talk about more and stay in touch with us because all of this in general is to help you and prevent mishaps. On that note, we thank you all again for listening and we'll see you all again on the next one. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> we would like to take this time to thank our patrons for supporting our show and allowing us to make episodes maintain our gear, and create merch for all of our listeners. With special thanks to Erica Lamont, Chris Hawkins, Eric Shaw, Dan Schubert, Ryan Frushauer, Kyle Keir, Mike Sherwood, Caleb Stockhill, and Jennifer Brofer. Thank you all so much for your support and patronage. If you like our show, please support us on Patreon. You'll receive awesome perks like access to our private Discord, discounts and early access to our merch, first glimpse of our comics and other projects, and so much more. You can further support us and show off your prowess as an aircraft specialist by visiting our shop at cancelformaintenance.com. If you like classy or rugged watches, visit our affiliate Rockwell Time at rockwelltime.com. Use the code CX, the number 4MX, to save 10% off your total order. If you have suggestions for the show or you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us a line on our contact us section at cancelformaintenance.com. And we'll do what we can to get both your ideas and yourself on the show. Please support us on social media like Facebook at Cancel for Maintenance, Instagram at CANX for Maintenance Podcast, or Twitter at CXMX Podcast. Please check out our new comic series on the Tapas app. Like, share, subscribe, and comment on our comics. Let us know what you think. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership. And we will catch you all next time.